You're listening to the Got Game University podcast. This podcast puts you in the classroom and lets you learn from some of the best hunters and callers in the woods. Hi, this is Taylor and Ryan with Got Game Tech. Got Game Tech is a software development company that builds mobile apps that teach hunters how to call and hunt different animals. The Turkey Tech series of this podcast is focused on helping all turkey hunters at every level add more tools to their turkey hunting toolbox to kill more turkeys. The first episode of the Turkey Tech series of the Got Game University podcast brings on Ryan, Taylor, and Scott Ellis, three-time Grand National Turkey Calling Champion and expert featured on the Turkey Tech mobile app, to introduce the series, talk about different calling setups, gun patterning, helping youth turkey hunters get more involved, and a number of other subjects. Welcome to another episode of the Got Game University podcast. Ryan and Taylor here with you, and we have a real treat for you in this episode. Uh, Today we're going to start the Turkey Tech series, which, you know, I'm really excited for. For those of you who haven't listened to our first podcast, we've already started the Elk Nut series, and, uh, you know, the purpose of this is, you know, we're bringing our experts that we've partnered with on these apps, and uh, we've made this course where we can, you know, we can just talk talk turkey or talk elk and really get to understanding the you know the nature of these animals and so today we're starting the turkey the turkey series which which is really exciting definitely for taylor and i who are you know we're still babies when it comes to the turkey hunting we're (laughs) (laughs) we're really excited we're we're really blessed that we have you you know somebody like scott to kind of help us on our way and hopefully get us into some underwear instead of some diapers. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we have Scott here with us who's, you know, like I said, he's our, he's our expert on this, on our Turkey Tech app. And he's just a, he's just a turkey killer. He's, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but you're a three-time Grand National Turkey Calling Champion. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, and you're a turkey killer. You've already killed one turkey this year, right? And, and Jake, my son, has also killed one as well. Yep. We just need to have Jake come up and call for us. Yeah, Jake. Jake is pretty <laughs> deadly. He's a Grand National Champion too. He's deadly. He's deadly. Man, that's awesome. And uh, Scott, you you have a TV series that you're pushing right now. You have huge social media following and following, and you're you're kind of big in the turkey world. Uh, you know, we were kind of talking before the podcast started what what got you there, and uh, and you mentioned hard work. What, explain that a little bit, the hard work that, you know, you've been going through to get to this point where you're at right now. Right, right. Well, I mean, it all started for me with calling competitions, turkey calling competitions. That's where, when I became really proficient on calls, and winning competitions, it gives you a little bit of credibility. Um, it doesn't necessarily deem you a turkey slayer, <laughs> but it definitely gives you the credibility that the guy can run a turkey call. So this started back in the late, in the early nineties, actually. And from there I just grew and grew and grew. I joined pro staff with a couple, a couple companies. I'm actually a published writer. I did a lot of writing, uh, a long time ago. I haven't done it in years because I'm just too busy to write, but I do love writing. And those, those mm-hmm. writings, coincide with my youtube videos with turkey tech app with um my two dvds mouth call magic one and two 
And that's basically helping people. I think that's something that put me on the map more than anything was just helping people become more successful hunters. When you give somebody a shallower learning curve instead of a steep learning curve, you give them the tools to help them become more successful. Their longevity and the legacy that we know as hunting is is prolonged. And you've got a lifelong hunter, somebody that's going to invest in buying licenses and buying camouflage and shotgun shells and rifle shells and guns and bows and turkey calls and camouflage. And that's what we need. I mean, we need this to conserve what we do than we know and love as the great legacy. I don't like calling it a sport, the legacy and obsession that we all know as hunting. And that's, I think, honestly, what helped me put me on the map uh, was just helping folks. Awesome. No, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's kind of what this course is all about is, you know, this series is just helping people. And we're thankful that you're here to, that you can, you know, help more hunters get in, get into turkey hunting or, you know, just help them become more efficient at slaying turkeys. So we really appreciate that. Appreciate that, Scott. So kind Absolutely. of getting in kind of getting into things you know like we said we're, we're wanting to focus on you know the education part learning uh so we'll, we'll kind of just jump right in here scott what's the you know with me being a new turkey hunter what's the when you leave your truck when you get to the, your hunting area uh you know it's first thing in the morning maybe dark uh what's the first thing you do when you uh get out of your truck what's your what's your routine what are you listening for uh, kind of go through that for me. A lot of it depends on the property I'm hunting. Uh, uh, when I get my boots on the dirt, if you will, um, if it's a place that I'm familiar with, I'm going to get into position to where I'm ready to listen for a bird to gobble. And that starts with the sun rising and then owl hooting or crow calling or using a locator call to locate a gobbler. If I'm in a place again that i'm familiar with i know where i kind of want to go and where i want to start sometimes i hunt places very often i hunt places across the united states that i have no familiarity and i'm just dropped out in the woods and and the uh the landowner or my buddy will say well we heard turkeys gobble over here one time and we just get out and we find a starting point and that's where the game begins is starting to listen for the gobbler once you locate the gobbler then you're going to move into position to make a setup on it Okay. So, and you've talked about, you kind of have a location that you're, you kind of pictured in your head you want to go to, or what, what is that setup to you? I mean, what are you looking for uh, when you're finding these areas? Well, I mean, generally it's, it's dark. So unless you have, again, you're familiar with the terrain, which very rarely I am, uh, I'm going to listen for him to gobble. And from there, I'm going to set up within a hundred yards of where he's at. Get, get as uh, let's just rephrase that. I'm going to get as close as I can to that gobbler without spooking him off the roost. Okay? okay. You have to be very careful with that because it depends on how dark it is when you're moving in on the bird and then the terrain. If it's cracking light and getting lighter, you see it's more open terrain, you're going to back off that turkey. You don't want to get too close and bump him off the roost. But you're basically going to get good rule of thumb is 100 yards. Get 100 yards from that turkey. You're going to find a place that you hope, if it's dark and you're unfamiliar with the terrain, a place that will make it easy for him to get to you if you're familiar with the place you're going to know areas that make a turkey easy to get to you you're going to find that path of least resistance um right. and uh again if you're it, it's it's familiar versus non-familiar so there's kind of two different 
variables here. Um, okay. Either way, you're going to get as tight as you can. You're going to get set up, and you're going to wait for the sun to rise, start rising. You're going to then tree talk to that turkey, which is including tree calls and tree yelps, which we discussed on Turkey Tech. And all that does is tell that gobbler there is a hen that's near him, and uh, that that's engages the conversation. From that point, you don't want to talk too much to him on the limb because there's a great possibility that he'll set up on that limb and gobble. So you just yelp to him a few times, let him know you're there. Hopefully he answers you. If he doesn't, don't fret it because I promise you, if you're 100 yards and you give any type of volume to your calling, even with a tree call, he's going to hear you. He may or may not gobble. Hopefully he gobbles. Uh, from there, you're just going to hold tight until – fly down time once it's fly down time it's getting more hard daylight then i'm going to get my wing out i'm going to simulate a fly down cackle again discussed on turkey tech i'm going to beat that wing on my arm as i'm doing a fly down cackle and that simulates a hen flying down from the roost after that i'm going to sit tight and wait till that gobbler flies down from the roost and that's when the game begins when his feet hit the ground that's when the game truly begins awesome yeah scott sorry to jump in here ryan uh no you're fine so uh, one thing that you mentioned there, Scott, was that uh, you don't want to overcall to uh, a turkey that's up in the roost. Um, I remember in listening to you in, in uh, you know, maybe a past podcast or something that uh, there's a little bit of difference between the different turkey species. Some you call to more, some you call to less. And I thought maybe it'd be an interesting point to interject here. They're not uh, all exactly mean, the same in how you call to them. Are they depending upon the species? Right. The, roo- the roost scenario is generally the same, Taylor. Introducing Taylor Tibbetts here with God Game Technologies here. Sorry, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, the, the different subspecies, I'm going to generally do, be the same in the tree, okay? Um, uh-huh. if, if I identify he has hens, then I may call a little bit more than I normally would because at that point, you know he's going to fly, fly down with the girls. So I'm going to try to have a conversation with the girls and maybe bring the girls to me and have them fly down and see who the newcomer is, then and in, in bringing the gobbler in tow. Um, uh-huh. But as far as calling the different subspecies, once they get on the ground, the western birds out where you, you guys are, the Rios and the Miriams, and then the Goulds even in Mexico, are a lot more susceptible to calling and, and calling a lot more than the Easterns and the Osceolas are. But as, as a general rule of thumb on the roost, I try not to give them a whole lot unless they've got hens and if i hear the hens start chatting it up then i'm going to chat up a little bit more with them when they're in the, on the limb now uh, that's a really helpful distinguishing point there so when you're talking to the hens on the limb are you varying the sounds that you're making at all or are you sticking to the the tree yelp soft uh, yelp kind of combo soft yelps again soft yelps unless the hens get elevated in their excitement level uh, i've had that happen where hens start cutting to me they're on the limb and they're cutting and getting excited the limb, huh? absolutely absolutely and when they do that then i'll elevate my excitement level and try to get them uh pro- to provoke them basically right. um and just right. again you're trying to communicate raise their level of excitement in hopes that they fly down to you um i try not to get too aggravated and too nasty with them because one of the things that we can talk about a little later in here if we have time is is my dissertation on calling to hens uh-huh. I try not to get offensive and get too aggressive. At the same time, I want them curious to kind of come over and maybe fly down my direction and bring a gobbler with them. Otherwise, they're going to fly the other direction. If they feel too challenged and too provoked on the limb, they'll fly down the other direction, and the gobbler will go right down with them, and then you're, you're game over. You're, you're done. They're right. going to drag him off the next the other direction, the next county. So from a, 
from a turkey sociology perspective here, um, you've got a couple of competing, I guess, maybe factors. You've got the mating urge of the gobbler, of the tom, but then you also have sort of the pecking order of the of the hens. And it sounds right. like those don't always go hand in hand. No, they don't. I mean, the perfect scenario is a gobbler with no hens. That's what we dream about. We lay in bed at night going to sleep the night before we go turkey hunting thinking, man, if I can find that gobbler with no hens, it's game on. I've right. done it many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're finding the subordinate gobblers that can be very mature. They can have inch and a half spurs just the same as the mature bird having the same length spurs with a 10-inch beard. But he does not have a harem of hens. Those are the birds that we I dream of hunting because those are the ones that are more susceptible susceptible to a call. When they have the hens and you identify they have the hens, those are the birds that you truly are going to have a tougher time calling day in, day out. Right, right. They've already got their harem. They're... They have no reason to come over to you. I mean, there's just yeah. no point. Yep. Unless it's later in the season. A caveat to that is if it's later in the season and very often birds will fly down with hens that are already bred and they're starting to nest. They'll leave that gobbler relatively quick in the mornings, and that's the bird that you can call in pretty quickly. But this is going to be generally later in the season when they started the nesting phase of the breeding cycle. Right. Wow, that makes a ton of sense. That's helpful. Yep. So, Scott, and all, you know, kind of what you've been saying, what's the time frame for this? I know when I've hunted, sometimes I expect things to be quicker or quicker than they really should be. I know everything kind of, you know, every scenario changes a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, for those hunters that are just, you know, just starting, what what's kind of a good rule of thumb to sit there and work those birds? Um, that Is was there? kind of a double, that was a double question. I think you mentioned something about the, the different cycles of the breeding is am I, am I correct did i understand that correctly well i was just saying as as you're calling these birds in the trees how long does that how long do you plan on sitting there calling that bird before you give up or do you stay there well, the one, whole time I, I mean again tree talk let him fly down when his feet hit the ground and the games begin but as far as how long do i call him it just depends on the turkey it does okay you know um it, it may take aggressive calling it may take getting quiet it may take getting aggressive and then getting quiet. It may take repositioning on that turkey. It may take uh, fighting purrs. It may take gobbling at him to challenge him, just like you bugle at a bull elk. You know, right. the, bull, the, the, uh, the herd bull, you know, in challenging him. You gobble at a turkey to challenge him. Um, it just depends on the turkey and, and the situation. And you're not going to really know that until you encounter what that bird is doing to your calling, how he's reacting to your calling. Is he coming towards you? If he's coming towards you, you ain't got to call a whole lot. If he's making his forward progression, everything is based on forward progression with a turkey. If he's starting to work his way to you, obviously you don't have to do a whole lot. Don't dump all your bag of tricks out. Don't start cutting, yelping, excited purring, or aggravated purring, gobbling. Right. Just yelp to him. Just give him the basics. Keep him coming. Then if he does hang up out there 60, 70 yards, you can start getting aggressive. You can get excited, cut a little harder, cut louder. You can uh, go quiet. You can possibly go quiet but mix in some clucking and purring and scratching in the leaves but it all depends and it's all based on how much that bird is moving towards you as you're calling to him and that, that's that's where the game begins so as far as how long do you sit there it just depends on the turkey i mean i've sat on a turkey and killed him and sitting there for two and a half three hours wow. on the same bird he gobbled good he did not leave 
He continued to gobble. I continued to work him. I run different techniques and different sequences to that gobbler. And finally, I may go quiet for 20 minutes and curiosity kills the cat. So it, it just depends on the bird, how he's answering. Is he coming closer? Is he staying there? Is he leaving? If he's leaving, you better do something different. You better get up. You might have to go around in front of him. You may have to gobble at him. It's just all about whether he's staying around, hanging around, whether he's coming to you or whether he's leaving. So it's 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 really not, you know, time no understanding the time you're supposed to sit there. It's just understanding the language and what's going on. To some degree, yeah, it's taking his pulse. It's it's understanding how excited he is, is emotion. He, is he yes, is have you piqued his interest? Is he is he seeming like he's interested but yet he's not closing? Um it it all depends on his gobbling frequency. Is he gobbling on his own? Is he gobbling every time you call? Is he only gobbling every fifth time you call? Um, it's all based on what his excitement level is and, and whether he's coming or going, basically, or hanging and staying. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Uh, I Maybe guess I'll, the, sorry, oh. Ryan, I'll jump in here real quick. I had another question, Scott, that uh, sprung my mind while you were walking through some of that. Um, mm-hmm. I know you've got a successful turkey hunt, son, Jake, that we've talked about a little bit already. For some of us who have uh, youngsters who are taking out turkey hunting, do you have any tips or pointers while you're in the middle of all this excitement that's going on to help help those youngsters stay plugged in and start to uh, understand what's going on as well? What'd you do with Jake, I guess, to help him get started? Absolutely. Um, keep him engaged in the hunt. Um, if you've got a golf this gobbling and he's answering your call quite quite honestly a lot of times that's going to keep a kid pretty interested that's pretty neat to a little kid you know yeah, you make a sound on a turkey call the yeah, bird answers awesome that's pretty yeah i mean that, that usually keeps them engaged if it's dead and there's nothing going on engage them in the hunt i highly recommend to teach your kid to hunt on the base of a tree don't stick them in a pop-up blind that's just my personal preference teach them to be a little bit still teach them to uh be able to to hold their gun up with even if if it's a monopod to help them hold the gun up um hand them a box call let them yelp on a box call teach them mm-hmm. something tonight before you go hunting let them engage and clearly do not set them down for five hours in one spot you're going to lose them they're, they're <laughs> uh-huh. never going to work out with you again so if if you're not engaging a bird that's gobbling and working which usually keeps their interest peak pretty much then get up after 20 or 30 minutes and take a little walk show them oak trees and span Spanish moss and air plants and and bugs and insects and a deer or a hog or whatever animals that are that are uh, to your area that are uh, indicative to your area mm-hmm. and and just keep them engaged teach them about the outdoors make sure they're being safe with their gun um, keep them engaged talk to them make them laugh make them giggle don't set them down for extended periods of time when there's nothing going on that is going to destroy their love for trying to do this and that's exactly what I did with Jake if you got a bird goblin then have fun with the gobbler and let him laugh and giggle when that bird gobbles when you yelp at him. And then when he gets serious <laughs> and the bird actually starts closing, then it's crunch time. And then you talk very calmly to them and quietly to them and, and walk them through the shot. But keep them engaged, keep them active, keep them busy. And I think you'll have a lifelong hunting buddy. Oh, that's awesome. Now, Jake, Jake obviously had a, a really good mentor in you to help him get started turkey hunting and learn how to call. And he's become a great caller as well. Uh, did you have a mentor as you were getting more involved in turkey hunting that helped you learn the ropes? I did not. Um, and when, and I, I use the term mentor loosely 
because I had a father and an uncle that had no children. So I was like his son and they did teach me the woods. They did teach me, uh, squirrel hunting and dove hunting, small game hunting, basically. Um, and they taught me how to be patient and they, and we, squirrel hunting is great for kids. You get up, you move, you sit down. It's very similar to turkey hunting, except you're not calling, although you can call squirrels. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I, I can call squirrels too. I can promise you. But, but, you know, we'd, just, we'd sit down for 20 minutes. If the squirrels didn't move, we'd get up, we'd walk, we'd talk, we'd laugh. Um, but, but my, my father and my uncle were not turkey hunters. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a gentleman by the name of Glenn Wilson, I like telling a little quick story that I first was enamored with him calling and learning to call on a diaphragm mouth call and watched him as a young fella and was absolutely mesmerized by the fact that you made these sounds with a piece of, of latex surgical tape and aluminum frame and you talk to these birds in their own language to me was absolutely mind-blowing I just couldn't even I couldn't even comprehend it it was amazing so I started reading every bit of literature that I could back Back then, when I was a kid, I'm 44 now. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. We didn't have the internet. You know what I mean? We had magazines and print. That's it. <laughs> I would go right, to the library, right. and I would look for every magazine from March to May, from Field and Stream, Peterson's Hunting, uh, Outdoor Life, any magazine I could pick up in that, that that time frame from March to May, and there'd always be turkey articles in there. And I would read and read and read, and I, read, and I absorbed as much of this knowledge as I could. I had old records and cassette tapes from Quaker Boy and Penn's Woods. I had vinyl 33. Is it 33 and a half records? Is that what they were called back in the day? Little small <laughs> records. No uh, idea. No idea. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. This is great. I'm so old. I had I'm 32. I'm, I'm just 10 years behind you, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite 30. a bit further. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, y'all laugh. You just laugh. You, old, you laugh at the old guy. But anyways, yeah. Um, and, and this is what taught me how to create the sounds and, 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 and learn the language language of the turkey a little bit and um and from there it was it was trial and error um mm-hmm. I, I i had an encyclopedia of knowledge but i really did it was none of it was applicable or none of it was real world knowledge it was just text you know it's no different than an engineer or, or even a doctor probably learning all the textbook stuff that he learns but he doesn't know it until he actually applies it in the field and when it's real real time right, right. that's exactly what i did you know i had the base knowledge but no clue really what i was doing and it was trial and error so i had great mentors in my father and my uncle that that showed me the woods but but i learned turkey hunting on my own and i think you know you can learn a lot more from a guy that that knows about turkey hunting and spending a few seasons with him than you can stumble around in the woods by yourself for a decade and not really have any clue so i highly recommend for people the app is great our app is great i'm proud of this app for teaching the language and learning the base but you can learn a lot from setup and the woodsmanship side of turkey hunting from finding a mentor and trying to find somebody that's somewhat successful at turkey hunting. Right. And right. I, I just wanted to, you know, you talked about the app there, Scott. I just wanted to mention that, you know, he listened to, I don't know what he said, cassettes or discs or, records. but on the a- records. records. Yeah, on the records. records. Now, I mean, you can listen to these turkeys right on the app. Listen to them and record yourself and compare and, you know, see how you sound. And you can do it in your drives to work. I mean, you can do it anywhere. You don't have to use records to do that anymore. Records. <laughs> or cassette. Cassette. That's the other one, yeah. Yeah, they don't make those anymore. But, yeah, it's absolutely a tool that I'm so proud to put in 
in the hands of people that are new to turkey hunting. Um, we tend to think that we know a lot about the wild turkey and about the language of it, but there's so much to learn. I learn every time I go to the woods. And if I go to the woods thinking I know everything, I usually end up being humbled at the end of the day. I can promise you. And this app is just exactly that. There's so much information in this app for even, I would say, a mid-season type turkey hunter to learn from. Um, and, and the text and the tips and listening to turkeys actually recreate the sound. And, and uh, I, I think it's something that if you put to use and apply yourself to it a little bit, I think anybody can learn a little bit from this app and become a little more successful. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, just listening to you, Scott, there's, we're learning right now and <laughs> you can see that you know your stuff. <laughs> well, I appreciate I've got a, I've got a, a shameless little uh, self-interested question here, Scott. So I've been, <laughs> I've been working with you for over a year now, Ryan and I both have on getting the app out there and, um, you sure. know, learning from you on the videos and I'm working on, uh, making turkey sounds with a mouth call and, and love the challenge there. Do you have some uh, some upper-level tips on how to purr with a mouth call? Maybe for upper a guy who's having tip. a hard time rolling his R's? <laughs> uh, I mean, outside, let's see. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember all the detail that we included in the app. One thing I may have left out in the app is to drop your jaw uh-huh. when trying to create clearance between the bottom of the mouth call and the top of your tongue, okay? If you drop your jaw and relax your tongue, that's something else I may or may not have mentioned. Forgive me on my own. I, know, I'm not I, sure I actually, I've watched that video a bunch of times, and you did mention both things, so, so you got oh, it. <laughs> well, I mean, dropping the jaw, relaxing the tongue creates clearance from the bottom of the reeds to your For tongue. For the air to flow through. It allows your tongue to move. Yeah. Um, if your tongue cannot vibrate and flutter as the air passes over it then you're not going to be able to, to attain the tongue flutter now there's another method that we can discuss briefly which is the gargle method um i can gargle with water in the back of my throat and go all day yeah but yeah. when i blow air across my uvula your uvula is the little piece of skin that hangs down in the back of your throat when you go to the doctor and you go ah they're looking at your uvula and your tonsils and everything. That's that piece of skin that dangles down. Some people can gargle and, and effectively roll their uvula with airflow. If you can do that, you put light uh, pressure on your turkey call, okay? Yeah. The same way we talk about finding the front end, okay? Light tongue pressure, steady air, and then you blow that air from the back of your throat and get the... I can slightly do it, but I've never been able to slow the roll on my uvula. So I get the... You can kind of hear it doing it, but that sure. is effectively what guys, some guys can do that better than they can roll the R's with their tongue. So yeah, uh, that makes sense. That is something that maybe people can pick up on this podcast. They didn't from Turkey Tech, but try to blow the air across with a little light tongue pressure to create the high pitch part of the purr, and then just get that airflow in the back of your throat to create that gargle effect. That yeah, that's a that's a helpful tip. That's what I'm going to be doing tonight. Brush my teeth and do a little gargling. <laughs> do some gargling. I can do it with water and mouthwash. I, I have a problem doing it with air. And some people uh, can uh, do it, some can't. I thank the Lord that he allowed me to be, to be able to roll my R's. I guess it was good Spanish in high school. <laughs> yeah, those purrs. Yeah, listening to you make those purrs is just money. Uh, just sounds so awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. 
So, so maybe uh, we've talked a little bit about calling and about setups. I, I know we also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, gun patterning and maybe a couple of the more technical aspects of uh, turkey. Sure. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on that to to lead into, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. Gun patterning is an essential part of being able to effectively kill a turkey. I mean, outside of your turkey calls, what what is the most important thing that you come to the woods with? Either your gun or your bow. If you're a bow hunter, you're a bow. But that, that that's another topic. We're going to say shotguns. And uh, one thing I encounter with a lot of people, they don't realize. They go out and they buy the hot new turkey loads. I'm with Apex Ammunition. I'm proud to be with Apex Ammunition. It's mm-hmm. the new hot TSS loads. They're amazing. They pattern well. It's a dense pattern. Uh, tungsten Super Steel is, is denser than lead by like a third, almost double. Um, and they go out, they buy the loads, they buy the choke. They never put their gun on paper and they shoot their gun and they miss turkeys. Well, and miss two or three turkeys. They may have inevitably put it on paper and realize the gun shooting high, right? That's something Uh that's very common with new choke tubes. I mean, in the barrel of the shotgun you're using, it just doesn't shoot exactly where it's pointed by the bead or whatever. So if you encounter that, you have to put an adjustable set of sides or dots on it or you have to put optics on it but go out and and make sure your gun is shooting true because i can't tell you the number of people i know that do that they go go out they buy the new loads the new choke they go turkey hunting you have no idea the point of impact of their shotgun and that can be detrimental in being successful in killing the dang turkey which is what we're trying to do the next thing is just patterning okay people buy the choke they buy the loads they go turkey hunting they shoot a bird at 40 yards and the bird runs runs off and little did they know that 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 choke and that load did not work in their gun Mm -hmm. so what they do is they just try to arbitrarily buy the next choke and then next load and they still haven't taken it and put it on pat on paper to find out what the maximum effective killing range is of the gun if Uh. you don't do that then you're then you're just peeing in the wind quite honestly what's the point you have to shoot the gun and make sure that the point of impact is true and then and then identify the maximum effective killing range which is eight to ten pellets in the skeletal regions of a turkey target. The most any of the newer targets have the the uh, X-ray, if you will, of the skull and the and the, uh, the neck bone of a wild turkey. And you want those pellets to be in that neck bone and that skull. That's what's going to immobilize that turkey, put him on the ground every time. Right. And you want eight to ten pellets in that skeletal region of that turkey. That's what you want to kill the bird. And you you walk your gun out as far as you want to, within reason now and as long as you've got that eight to ten to twelve pellet eight to twelve pellets consistently then you should be good to kill that bird as far as that gun will hold that pattern okay. now i'm not saying shooting at a turkey at 100 yards i'm not advocating that i'm just saying walk the gun out at different ranges 30 40 50 even 60 yards if you want and see if the effective range is still there then you know you go out and you have confidence in your weapon you know you're going to go out and pull the trigger and put it in and kill a turkey and that's something that's totally overlooked with pattern with a gun well well and i know with me when i've you know shot at animals with a gun i'm not familiar with with i i miss more than i hit and and you wouldn't go whitetail hunting or elk hunting with a gun you haven't shot before or or, a bow or a bow i mean shotguns i think people think oh it's got a spread it's an automatic killer but it's the same concept of every other weapon absolutely 100,000 percent i can't yep I hope that somebody hears this and goes, maybe I should take my turkey gun to the patterning board. Take it to the patterning board. 
<laughs> do it. It's just it's overlooked, and I can't even begin to imagine the turkeys that are missed and maimed and wounded every year because people don't take an hour of their day to go to a padding board and then make sure they're gun shooting tree. Yep. Right. So do you have do you have any recommendations on uh, choke tubes and uh, adjustable sights, Scott, for someone who's trying to improve uh, what their setup is? Um, I mean, it depends on the shotgun, obviously. If it's shooting true POI point of impact, then you can use the bead. But if you're shooting a great pattern and you want to extend those ranges, I highly recommend a red dot. Um, I'm with True Glow. I don't mind doing a little plug here. I, I shoot a True Glow Micro True Tech, and it has a three minute of angle dot, which is a very fine sight picture. With these new loads, with these new chokes, you can and stretch the ranges out past 40 yards now. But the only way you're going to effectively do that is if you have a very fine sight picture. You put a bead on a turkey, an old school bead, at 50 yards, you're going to cover, you're gonna cover, up, half, huh? the, yeah, you're gonna cover yeah. half the turkey. So you have to get the appropriate sights, which it, which can be adjustable. They, there are beads in adjustable sights that are very fine beads that work okay. Or you go to a, a scope of crosshairs, which I, I'm not a big advocate of. I'm a huge advocate of a very small small dot and a red dot scope and true glow makes a bunch of different models i've ran i've been shooting true glow red dots for 12 a dozen years probably 14 years and i've used four or five different models over every couple of years i'll you put the new one on there and uh, i always find the one with the smallest dot that gives me the finest side picture because what that does with that tiny dot is it gives you more margin for error if that dot in that side picture is fine and you might be right or left of his neck or even higher low you're still going to catch him with enough of the pattern to effectively kill him and i did mm -hmm. just that last saturday i remember distinctly the gobbler i shot kind of took a step to the right right as i pulled the trigger uh, and my dot was slightly left of his neck but i caught him with the right edge of the pattern and it dispatched him cleanly no problem so if i'd have done that with a bead i, I might have cleanly missed that turkey because he was like 37 yards he wasn't far but right. i still could have potentially missed him because that pattern is very tight at that range right you get a right. small dot it's that simple. Old school, old school old, technology, old school analogy. Like it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the good. records. Just like the vinyl records, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that is, is awesome. Well, one thing we're trying to do with the Turkey Tech series, Scott, is uh, you know trying to not bite off more than we can chew in terms of an episode length, but we want to continue to put out podcast discussions with you, and we can drill sure. down deeper into specific calling topics and take questions from listeners and, and we'll put out a, a few of these podcasts during turkey season and some in the off season to keep folks interested in learning but, but uh, i think we've awesome. definitely got some good material together for today and and uh really really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us oh i can't wait to do the next one buddy it's always fun to teach people like i said earlier in the podcast when i was asked how, what was one of the big things to help you kind of get where you're going or get where you're at and that has been just helping people um if you if you open yourself up to help folks, that's always going to be embraced by the masses, and that's uh, and that goes back to my old YouTube videos on my YouTube channel Hunt Quest. That uh, uh, is just instructionals on mouth calls. That's where it all started for me. Outside of competition calling and pro staffing and whatnot, those videos were a right. And, people that have, and I can't tell you the thousands of messages and through. YouTube through Facebook 
that in Instagram that have just you know, said they watch these videos. They learn so much. It took them to another level. They learned how to communicate with the birds. They learned to be in, in, in every one of them. I called in more turkeys. And I'm like, imagine yeah. that you sounded like a turkey. You killed more turkeys. I mean, it's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it doesn't take a master's degree to figure that out. But people overlook the calling aspect of her, of turkeys, unfortunately. I mean, people don't go out in the woods and elk hunt and want to sound like a chunk on, a, on an elk call. You know, you, right. you don't. You don't want to do nope. that. You want to sound realistic. Why is that any different than turkeys? It's not. It's now, turkeys have right. probably a, a wider range of voices than an elk. Elk are a little more similar in their tones. But at the same time, mm -hmm. realism is what will kill turkeys. You couple realism with good setup and good woodsmanship, knowing how to set up, how to camouflage. You put gun patterning in effect. You put knowing how to walk in the woods and be stealthy. You know how to hide in the woods. You put that with great calling and understanding the language, what Turkey Tech does, you will become a turkey serial killer. It's just that simple. You, 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 uh, you slack on any one of these proponents of being a successful turkey hunter, and you'll be a mediocre turkey hunter. You'll kill a few birds here and there, but you're not going to be a murderer. You're not going to yeah. kill turkeys consistently. So that's what I preach on and on and on. And, and calling, quite honestly, Taylor and Ryan is very often overlooked, and I, and I preach it, and I will preach it till I'm dead. You couple that with the woodsmanship skills and all the other stuff I rambled on about just then, and you're going to be deadly in the turkey woods. Mm. Right. Well, and, and, and to go on with that, Scott, I'm sorry we're, I guess, taking this a little longer. This is just a quick no thought problem. as you're talking about, you know, turkey hunters, mediocre to turkey hunters go out there, and you know what? They might actually sound okay, but they don't understand the emotions turkey make. They can make the same turkey sound all the time, and it sounds good that way. That one sound that, or those sounds that they make, it sounds sure. good, but they don't understand the emotions and the that these birds make that you've talked about exactly. multiple times today. Exactly, exactly, and that is nothing more than read the app, get Turkey Tech, read those text print, those pro tips that are printed. It tells you what the call is, what it means. We can't obviously go through every turkey call tonight. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm a, but but I'm just saying it's all there in the app and it explains the call. It explains what it means to a turkey in my interpretation, which has been pretty decent for 35 years of understanding it. And then when a guy as a turkey hunter should use that call and apply mm -hmm. that call to that particular situation. Otherwise, what guys are doing, Ryan, which is exactly what you're talking about, is they go to the woods and they go cluck, cluck, yelp, yelp, yelp. Cluck, cluck, yelp, yelp, yelp. They're, they're making turkey noise. They're not yes. using turkey vocabulary. They're just emulating a sound that they can emulate on a call, but they're not understanding what it means and when they should use it or how much they should use it. The app talks about all of that. I mean, it really does. And uh, we, maybe we can do a more in-depth uh, podcast on the vocabulary and the vernacular of the wild turkey. And we can go through every one of these calls in, in an hour or two and talk yeah. about And we can literally go right down the list, and I'm game for that to talk about it and explain to people scott when do we cluck when do i use a yelp when do i use when do i cut at a gobbler when do i maybe key key to the hens when do i cluck and purr blah 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 you know we could go on and on but simply put the app has it all explained very well and it gives people a good baseline for what the call is and when they should use it otherwise they're just making turkey racket and that's what and that will kill turkeys again disclaimer that will kill turkeys from from time to time, just yelp, yelp, cluck, cluck. But it's not going to make a difference when you're trying to control your destiny and you're trying to actually communicate with that bird. You're trying to pique his interest. 
you're trying to raise his height, his emotional level, or you're actually trying to calm him down because he's so fired up. You need to play hide and seek. You need to play coy and shy with that gobbler. And if you know how to say that to him, that's going to be the difference in being consistent and being mediocre at killing turkey. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for well, that. I think, yeah. Oh. I think we got our next episode planned out. Talk about the turkey <laughs> vocabulary. That's <laughs> going to be a great, and, and I would love to do that. That would be a really cool thing to literally go right down the line, Taylor. Yeah. Go right down the line and, and help people understand it more. And I can even demonstrate it. That's you great. Know, Skype well, does a great job, I think. We do that. Yeah, I can demonstrate it on a mouth call just like the app does and just give people more insight, maybe a little more than just those pro, pro tips that we put in there. And I can expound on a little bit more and help, have people understand what it is more. No, right no, we would love that. And I love it. That's going to that's be an episode that, that everyone's going to want Absolutely. to flag for future reference. So money. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, we'll let you go, but uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks, Scott. Awesome, buddy. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Bet. All right, we'll cut it there. Thanks, Scott. That was awesome. You bet. Yeah, there's a lot of good information, I think. I mean, well, I, I, yeah, I just, you know, we get to running off on tangents, and that's when I'm at my best. Just, just oh, absolutely. Off the cuff, just yeah. living. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, we'll get better, too, on our end. You know, we'll get into a rhythm and kind of figure out our podcast personalities and, and uh, you know, yeah, make it a little I more smooth, you know. We, we yeah, we just need the direction is absolutely critical. To, you know, I, I can talk about you you if you we need topic points. So we kind of did that, but I mean, um, things would come to mind, they pop in your head, and then you know, but definitive starting points, and then we can I can run with it and run with it right. and run with it. Right. Yeah. So we can outline it a little bit better next. You got to ask the right questions. Or otherwise, it kind of gets we stumble a little bit. We stumbled a little bit a few times there, I think. But but it's okay. Yeah. A lot of great information. I can't I can't imagine somebody not taking something from that. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So cool. Okay, man. Right, we'll boy. we'll talk to you soon. I I don't know how often you want to do this, but uh, it's it is turkey season now, and so I don't know if we want to talk again in a couple weeks and shoot another one. Would that work for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't start. I start traveling next week so this weekend i'll be well day after tomorrow i'm taking jake up then yeah. next weekend i'm going up on thursday evening to scout on friday and that's the opener and then i think i'll be good i mean like every other week we should be able to find 30 minutes to, to talk about something okay I think. cool if you're wanting to keep me rolling through this and keep me you know i i've got a, a you guys probably have somewhat of a library of guys about this point of people i've sent you you got stoltz stoltz is a world champion turkey Right. Yeah, yeah, we you got to get Stoltz on there. Now, I don't know about Barney Califf yeah. or, 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 I mean, uh, Turkey Nut or Elk Nut guy says he he uh, knows turkeys, but I don't know if he does or not. I don't think but he does. Gotta get Steve on. <laughs> not yeah, like we you. We won't ask him about turkeys. We'll just stick to Elk with Paul. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, turkeys are dumb for him, and they don't, you know, they're easy to kill. But whatever. But Stoltz is definitely. I mean, I have a library of people that I can send our way. Our way. Yeah. To, help fill i mean we could do one a week with other people and we just need to prime them to talk about turkey tech i mean yeah. the people whoever we get needs to make mention in reference to turkey tech they need to know a little bit enough about it to speak on it and i can right. i can do that as well but stoltz i know knows it and stevie's a world champion turkey caller yeah, that's, yeah. well 
Yeah. And with some of the stumbles and stuff today, I thought we did a great job adding in the app. You know. Oh, I did best I could. Yeah, I can't. No, I thought we did. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's so many references to the tips, to the recording, to, to what we discussed with the different styles. As uh, like I was talking about tree talking, tree helping, as you'll see on the app and hear turkey doing. Yeah, we did. We 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 made best of it for sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I I don't know why I couldn't do one every other week, and then and, and I'm sure Stoltz would be all about doing one every other week for 30, 45 minutes. I'm sure he would. He could find time. Yeah, uh, cool. Um, yeah. And that would be fantastic to spin the fact that not only is Steve Stoltz the whitetail wizard, he's also a world champion turkey caller. Yeah. All right. Add a ton of credibility. Yes, sir. Thank you, Smart, when all this came together. Yep. Well, and it just adds more credibility for the app. Absolutely. Yep. So. And Stoltz knows it and knows the format, so he'll be able to speak on it. Yep. And he's cool. great for that stuff. You know how he is. You, you filmed him. He's pretty damn good. You know, he's yeah, he is. Yep. So, so and outside of that I got a I got a few other guys I'd love to bring on board. If you need another names, I got Grand National Champions. Billy Argus is one of my guys at Woodhaven. He's a three time Grand National champion as well. He's a world champion. Um I could get Billy to do one of these. Um he's out of Missouri. Um it I got Jason Conrad who's out of Mississippi. He's a world friction calling champion. So Jason can talk about the friction side of it more so. Man, that'd be awesome. Like yeah. That. It's endless, guys. I mean, I'm a pretty endless pit <laughs> of people that with credibility that we can bring to the table to, to do this stuff. So, awesome. uh, let me know. I mean, we just we got to get some advance notice so I can prime somebody up and somebody. I think you know, like my my thought week. is, yeah, my thought is we establish you know establish having a couple in a row with you. We do that turkey dictionary episode, which is going to be killer. Um, and I then so, uh, yeah. start bringing bringing one of those guys in, you know, bring Steve in, then do another one with you, and then maybe reach out to one of your other guys. And um, yeah, I think uh, I think we got a good thing going here. I would love to get my guys at Apex on here. One of my guys from Apex to do one to talk about TSS and, and more in depth on turkey shotguns. Definitely, yeah. perfect. Yeah, no, I got I got those guys are just ready to spout off everything they can spout off about. The technology that's around TSS, around CSS, and the kinetic energy and the density and everything. I touched oh, on that cool. briefly, but yeah, yeah, they can go into a lot of detail. So, I've got, I mean, yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a, I've got a, uh, uh, a dictionary guys for you. So, let me know. Okay, we'll keep you, we'll keep you posted. Thanks again, Scott. You bet, buddy. We'll be in touch. Uh, Thanks, Scott. Me.